0: Welcome to the latest edition of Black Coffee with a Little Sugar. I'm Stan.
1: I'm Jason. And I'm Yvette.
0: We are happy to be back and um, we have a lot to share today. We're very excited um, about the topics that we're going to share with you. We're going to kind of start off a couple of us Yvette and I um, traveled to North Carolina for an unfortunate situation. Um, we had a death and a funeral but we're going to kind of recap that. That was our first trip since COVID started so that's interesting. Um, we're going to talk about RBG, of course. We have to talk about that. Um, we're going to talk about Breonna Taylor and all the updated information on that. And um, we're also going to talk about some of this um, Supreme Court judge, the judge situation that is evolving as we speak. Um, so we're going to get this thing started right now. Um, I think we want to start off. Um, we always have to start off with a little COVID conversation, don't
1: we, guys? <laughs> <laughs> Why not? What else to talk about? It's always about? about
2: the COVID, right? The COVID,
1: the coronavirus,
2: the Corona, <laughs> the Corona.
0: So yeah, um, you know, I, we had a we had a aunt that um, passed away. Um, she had been sick a long time, and um, she was in her early eighties, and she passed away. I think Yvette's going to share more about that in a minute. But um, so I know we had to make some decisions and we both decided that we we wanted to, to kind of go and spend time with family. So Yvette, I'll let you kind of kick that off.
2: Yeah. Just driving from Tampa to, to home in North Carolina, man, I haven't traveled uh, outside of Florida since, since March. So I was just a little bit scared just even to, to do it quite frankly but I knew for this occasion, I, you know, I, I wanted to be uh, present, so I didn't drive the whole trip um, from from Florida to North Carolina, just a straight shot. I picked up my cousin Benita from um, from Macon, and we traveled together. And you know, just even the conversations that we had um, along the way, talking about well, how we will stop, and you know. The things that we will do to try to keep ourselves safe. Uh, Benita had this whole concept of a COVID bag. I had never even heard. Of it. I'm like, Benita, what is a COVID bag? Uh, she pulls she she pulls out this bag that has paper towels and disinfectant and pants and everything like freaking known to man is in this bag. And we help do it. So shout out to the Dollar Tree. You can get everything you need in there. I felt safe once we got to North Carolina. She actually disinfected the whole room. I never seen anything like it. She was spraying the beds and the surfaces and the shower. I think I probably felt safer there than I had done in most places, but it was just good to be home.
1: I'm glad you said that. Cause you know, I mean, you start saying you're traveling from Florida and we won't go there. <laughs> Picking somebody else up on the way and heading yeah, out to Georgia. You were, you, were, you were, yeah, Georgia to North Carolina. You were, you were, be a super spreader. She had her COVID parties. Yeah, she, I mean, we're not, we're not to the wise yet in the, uh, with the tropical storms, but that could have been tropical storm Yvette, hey, hey, Corona, hey, hey, all hey. the way up the coast.
2: Tropical <laughs> storms that Yvette and Bonita, but listen, our car was clean. I mean, she would take care to spray the air in the car. Uh, it was, it was something else, but. You could just tell that in Greenville that everybody wasn't on the same page with um, how they should be dealing with COVID. There were lots of people weren't that didn't have masks on all around these public spaces, even though they have the signs on the door, much like they do here in Florida, saying that um, uh, you need a mask on. There are people who walked right in without a mask and nobody was enforcing it. So could just kind of tell that we're still kind of split down the middle no matter
0: where you go you know um I I had a different experience because I was flying you know I'm in Minneapolis and we we were Greenville North Carolina for the people that don't know because there's a lot of Greenville's right um so yeah um I I wasn't gonna go um and I just I don't know. I just decided at some point that I probably should go. I have cousins that I grew up with that I hadn't seen in years, and these are the people I grew up with. So I decided to go, and then so I looked up flights. Um, It was the week of, and you know you can't be picky. I normally fly Delta, but you know what? American Airlines popped up, and I was like, oh, damn, because I hate that airlines. The last time I flew them, and I don't care if it's a commercial or bad one or not, the last time I flew them, it was a disaster, and I swore I'd never fly them again. They're the first one to come up and I'm flying them. So I'm already kind of feeling kind of shaky. Um, but I will say they did a great job. Um, the airport did an amazing job with COVID. They are handling their business. I never felt unsafe. I felt clean. And then the other thing, um, you know, I was for, for, for my work, for, for this business that we're trying to get going, um, I started flying a lot prior to COVID and, you know, starting to book flights. And I thought I'd I signed up for clear. Most of you know what clear is. It gets you through quicker. And so I signed up for clear and, and my bad luck is COVID hit. So I haven't flown since. So I never got a chance <laughs> to use it. And so I use it for the first time. Oh, great customer service. I'm in there. They got my eyes, they got my fingerprints. And then they give me this little goodie bag and it had a mask. It had a clear mask. And for uh, this might sound crazy, but that was the best feeling mask I've ever had. <laughs> and, and um, that's a good mask, man. I I I'm I'm I'd feel bad if I lost that mask. And it confirmed it. I had a happy hour um with um social distance happy hour, a business meeting and with somebody who travels all the time and he looked at my clear mask, he said, Yeah, I've got six of those. I know what you mean. Other people think you're crazy, but that is awesome.
2: Well, I mean, why is it so good?
0: It's like so, the material is just soft and they just take care of I mean it doesn't feel like there's pressure on your ears and then you can breathe in it. And you feel okay. covered. I mean, it's just a nice, nice mask.
1: You know, here's what's wrong with here's what's wrong with the coronavirus. You two just spent all that time talking about going back for to honor uh, a loved one and meet with family, and all we could end up talking about was masks and sanitizing solution. <laughs> I mean, seriously, this I is can
0: this talk is, about the food, yeah, bar- I mean, man, the
1: barbecue and all that. Yeah, I'm just saying, yeah, I'm just saying,
2: is still number one.
1: Hello. This is this is how the Rona has killed us all. I mean, seriously, <laughs> it's not even right. We're not and getting out I love and bojangles. It's it's it, I think we need to downshift a little bit into um, some of our more serious stuff. I think it's it's time to you know um, we took a week off, uh, so we have not been uh, around to talk a lot about our RGB, uh, RBG, See, I've been messing things up. For me, uh, it was funny. I've been I was a little bit less political uh, in my younger days. Uh, I, biggest thing I remember is the funniest thing I remember is watching the SNL skits is just seeing how, how much, how, how how her strength now from what I learned after her strength came through in all those jokes and how she just ripped people apart. And she had no, she had no fear. And as a, as a husband uh, to a wonderful wife and a father to three wonderful daughters, for me, uh, this is, it's a, it's a hit when it comes to being able to, show someone so strong uh so powerful so who's who fought through so much her stories of how she wouldn't couldn't get into a law firm because she had a kid uh how the, the times in that and for me and later on and how apolitical she was how, how much she respected the court to the fact that when they came to her and said hey can you step down while we have a democrat in the house and in the white house and in the senate can you step down so we can replace you and she was like no this is I'm here to I'm here to fight for the court I'm not here to fight for your politics so her strength uh, just cannot be matched when it when it comes down to those stories uh, Yvette I, what do you what do you think
2: well I definitely uh, have my feelings of uh, about um, justice Ginsburg. Uh she was just so strong I remember watching um, some programming about her as they were talking about her story and how you know after diagnosis after diagnosis she was still getting a gym she was still so strong and the weights that she was lifting i mean at her age and i was just looking like man i man, i should be ashamed of myself but you know just just uh, her and um and what she believed in and and how she i mean helped women i mean it's like i don't know a time that i couldn't buy a house on my own or a car on my own, i don't, I didn't have to have my husband co-sign for me to to do that, or my dad to get a credit card, even like even different medications. I just I didn't I could do it all on my own and to know that she was instrumental um, in making all of those things happen for women. I used this, I'm just so just so proud. and I love that quote that's been floating around uh, social media, says that women belong in all the places where decisions are being made. It shouldn't be that women are the exception. And, um, and I, I hold that close to my best. I'm, I'm grateful for her life and, and her perseverance, what she was able to do, not just for, for me as a woman, but for, gosh, women all over the, the, the United States.
1: Yeah, you know it's um, from it's in it's very interesting how I think the quote I heard that I liked the most was when we talked about uh, she's like how many justices how many female justices should be on the court she's like nine like she was she unapologetic <laughs> she's like no I'm not even I'm not even playing anymore we don't even have to to be like this it has to be what it is. And she, she would never, uh, never back down from that. And you and Stephen Colbert both got pretty jealous. I th- or p- felt pretty bad when he, I remember he did the whole workout with her and she kicked his butt. So that's, uh, she, she earned her nicknames. Uh, didn't she Stan?
0: Yeah. I was listening to NPR either yesterday morning or this morning and, and they were making, it was this morning and they were talking about all that she had done for women and in the episode, the, 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 they spent a little bit of time on, all she did for men too. So we want to call that out. And, um, you know, it's a once in a lifetime type, once in a lifetime type person. Um, on a light side, I love the nickname notorious RBG being a (laughs) notorious BIG fan. That is good stuff. Like, and I, I love that she, Earn that nickname and can back that nickname up. Um, they were talking this morning on the news about how small she is, like five foot and like a hundred pounds. And they said like near the end she was like eighty five pounds, and she was such a badass in all the right ways, in all the right ways. So, so that is a loss for for this country and for this world and society. And um, I just you know I just want to say thank you for fighting the good fight for so long. Thank you for staying alive much longer than a normal person would for all the right reasons. Thank you for giving my children someone that they can forever look up to and learn about. And thank you. Just thank you, Ruth Bader Ginsburg for all that you've done for us.
2: Amen to that. Yeah. Amen and, it, to that.
1: and she tried to keep doing it for us even in, in death. And and of course, in this politicized and polarized country, we live in, um, that wasn't honored. And so now we're sitting here facing the fact that as we're recording this, the news is starting to leak out that, uh, Trump is going to nominate, uh, Amy Coney Barrett for Supreme for that seat, uh, the youngest person ever. Um, and, and, and her views are so far away from where RGB was that, uh, it's, I can't. I just can't even understand. But you know, why should we be surprised? We've we've come to this point where civility is out the window, uh, where the concept of trying to have the court as a check and balance is out the window. Folks are trying to turn it into uh, another tool and another weapon. uh, And even even conservatives who have been Trump supporters, you know, thought, oh no, they would never do this. I, I had a conversation with a family member, an older family member. From the Vietnam era, um, who, you know, doesn't think they should they should do the nomination? He thinks that they should wait till the after election. But then I asked him, "Would you? Is that going to make you change your vote? Then are you going to not vote for Trump if he goes ahead and pushes this?" And he's like, "Well, I have to think about it." You know, if you got to think about it, that's not good enough. You've got to do it. You've got. If we feel like that we've gone too far, then then we then we only have one way to really do something about that, and that is vote and get and change what's in there. Uh, but you know, overall good conversation with him, but it was, it was a lot about the fact that how are we doing this? Why are we so polarized? Why have we gone to such a binary choice in how we, how we live our life? And, um, it's, it's just not, I can't, I'm very nervous with what this is. And, and I know, like you said, Eva, you started to lean into some of the stuff that, that she's done that RBG's done for, for women and men uh, with this new person, I, I, I don't know how to.
2: Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's for me, I get so torn about the whole doggone thing because, you know, she's a woman and I want to celebrate it because what an accomplishment to, to even be considered to be a Supreme court justice. What an accomplishment, but man, it's so scary for women. I, mean, she, she has some pretty extreme views, especially, um, with uh with abortion and the things that um concern women. I'm just afraid that um overall women's health will hang in the balance. And she's a young person. She could be there at probably at least till what, 2060 or so?
1: Hmm. I mean we have a
2: long time to deal with this choice. I mean it's going to affect, you know, potentially my daughter in law's or or any other, you know, young women, or you know, myself. I mean, for a long, long time. I mean, these are these decisions are just so important. I don't know if people even think about these things.
1: You know, they they think about them, but I think th- they think about them down certain lines. And so, as the as the resident Catholic of the uh, of the crew. And a lot of times, people look at it and say, "Oh, you know, uh, the church." And and I would say I'm Catholic with a with a small case c, not a capital c. That's how we talk about it. But um, this is this is one of those issues when you talk about choice or pro choice or pro life. It is difficult because again, I, I don't know if I had to be put in that position, which choice I would make. But I definitely know. That I shouldn't be, or some crotchety old white guy shouldn't be the person telling a woman what to do with her body. You got and I think, that right. And that's where that's where the problem really hits for me is that uh, people use their religion as a way to justify uh, controlling other people. I mean, people were talking early on that Romney was going to dissent and he was going to come against and, and block this, and I'm like, no, he's not. He's got a religious base that supports him. They fall right in line with that because that's what he knew he couldn't make them mad. And he, you know, he backchecked it nicely, saying, "Oh, well, it was the wrong thing to do before, so we won't do the wrong thing again." And don't give me that. You're not trying to set precedent. You're precedent. You're trying to pander to a base who has called themselves this holier, higher than thou thing, and they really haven't followed through. I, I, this is not an episode to go off on, on the Catholic Church or any other church and all of the sins that they've uh, put upon the earth. But I, I cannot. We cannot let that run. Someone else's life. We just—it's it, not the way to go. It just it, brings you down. A
0: it might be the episode that we go off on the Catholics. <laughs> it might be because nice <laughs> I'm I'm coming right behind you because I've got some people that I know that 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 are in my life that are closer to me. That man, this is an issue that man they feel so strongly about, and they they like to talk about pro life and pro life and pro life. And I'm Catholic, and I'm like, you know what? I care about people's lives, too. I care about all this stuff, too. I'm not Catholic. And when I was, I mean, we joke about my church attendance, and there was a time where I was more consistent, and I would go to these churches. And boy, I never really agreed with everything that was going on in the churches I used to attend. And this is one of the issues I never agreed with. I'm like, and you said it earlier, and I won't repeat it the way you said it, but, you know, the women have a right to choose. Like, we don't need to be having these people Even these people in authority, most of the time, telling women what to do, and I'll just keep it at that. Um, But in this country, there's so much despair and sadness right now about what's going on. You know, you 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 compound these huge decisions that are being made with the coronavirus and whatever, and all the social justice. It's like overwhelming. Um, It's stressful. Um, This abortion debate is it, it ended years ago. I mean, by law, legally and and now we're talking about taking something and bring it back up and it will divide this country. It will divide this country mm-hmm. and it will hurt black and brown people more than it will hurt white people. And so maybe that's why, you know, Trump wants to do it. Oh, did I get political? Oh yeah. And then well, yeah. Hy- shocking. the hypocrisy of this is so unmatched. And, and I'm hoping that Democrats you know, I don't want to be too political, but I hope they remember this because you know I've always heard and I've always witnessed Republicans—they kind of know how to win because they can be ruthless. And Democrats, they care a lot about things and they don't know how to win. And so I hope they remember this and and, and maybe figure out find that little ruthless street down the road. I don't know if that'll help the country, but it might help us our sanity. Um, mm-hmm. I, and, and the last thing, and this is the most sensitive sensitive thing I'll I'll talk about, and I want you guys to chime in. I believe this president chooses people based on not necessarily their skills and their talents, but either they that he really likes them, or for some people, because he's attracted to them, or they're the best option for that. And trust me, I'm not going to say something. I know women, there are so many women, there's so many judges that are qualified for this role. So I'm not saying that, but I'm saying our president has been known to pick people because they look a little cuter to him. Anybody oh, no, back me on really, that? That's a really
2: that's a slippery, slippery slope. I mean, I know that you guys um, know that uh, it's hard being a woman um, from all the women that you love, right? You hear it, you you hear it all the time. Um, you know, there are women who are trying to be prettier um, to to get ahead, and there are women who are just prettier who who downplay how pretty they are so people can see how smart they are. It's just a real slippery slope that I know you're not saying that pretty women, pretty women can't be smart, but you know, that's a, you know, I have that's, to say it. That's <laughs> what,
1: you're right. But that's what, that's what I hate the most about this guy is that the fact that he's making us question that, like he's making me have to think that thought because of the actions he's done because because of the the statements before the election, because of how he talks about people he disagrees with, how he calls them nasty, how he does all those things, everything he everything he spouses puts out makes me question whether or not his choices are made because of those thoughts, or because he's actually opened up the 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 pamphlet and read the resume or looked at the 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 record. It just it it, it that's what hurts the most is that I have to question that and. It it goes against everything like you said that we we understand and we believe, but he makes me question it because of how crazy he's gotten. And and, and for women right now, especially black women, uh, you can't there's 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 you're right, piling on. Why are we piling more on?
0: Yeah, it's I think there's something. I don't know. Yeah, I mean he, he, has a, he has a track record for it. He has a track record with all the pageants, he has a track record, you know, his first communications director, a second one. Um, you know, she was in her 20s, and she was the White House communications director. And I know there are geniuses out there that can, 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 can advance at a young age. But you have got to be able to find a communication director that has a little bit more experience than somebody still in their 20s. Come on, come on. But if you look at her picture, maybe, maybe, maybe that's why. And so I know these are controversial issues. But you know, that's what we're here. We're not here to talk about issues that everybody agrees on all the time. We're going to shift gears to a really controversial issue and a real heated issue. And the Breonna Taylor um, ruling came in this week and we all have strong opinions about it. And Yvette's going to kind of start us off.
2: So when I look in the mirror, I see, see Breonna Taylor. Uh, When I look at my niece, I see Breonna Taylor of my friends I see her. I remember my mom. I see Breonna Taylor because Breonna Taylor is all of us. And to think that the walls got more justice than she did—her life taken for no reason. The girl was in her bed. She was in her bed, not causing any harm to anybody, and it was like it just—it just didn't matter at all. And it. It has affected me in such a deep way to know that people people are okay with the rolling. People are like, well, it was a matter of the law and this, that and other, but a woman died in her bed. A woman died who had nothing to do with anything. Died at home, no knocks. I mean, they just barged right in her house. just hard for me, hard for me to to, to know that somebody could come in here and just start shooting away. We got to do better than this. She deserved so much better than this. I mean, young lady, not even 30 years old. All the things that she could have done, stolen from her.
1: And stolen. And then now stomped on by the law. and I and I and as someone who has taught to understand those laws and uphold some of those laws, this is this is another moment we have to stop and think. and we we have to stop justifying these things because the moment the trigger is pulled, what the situation is. And then a lot of my cop friends will be mad at me for that. But that's where everybody wants to sit is that in that moment you pull the trigger, that's when you. That's when the judgments could, should be made. And I get that and I get how impossible those choices are. But we have to take a step back. The law has to take a step back and look at the whole situation. If you don't knock down that door for a BS warrant, you don't engage he uh, the boyfriend doesn't engage and she's walking around living and saving lives as an EMT if you don't chase him around a car for a warrant and start shooting him in the back Jacob Blake's walking around today with his babies you have we have to start demanding that the law and the training and the, the work we do with our officers is on the totality of what is going on and tell them it is okay to take a breath and move through and get this, get something done with logic and with, with compassion for what you're dealing with. We have so dehumanized people and, 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 racial lines is one thing, but it's the war on drugs, you know, quote unquote, the, we could start quoting, you know, the new Jim Crow, the, the Michelle Alexander's book. Right. But for me, I, I've been in that moment. I've been in that moment where you're, you're, you're doing a drug raid warrant and you're, it doesn't matter what the person looks like. It's how you feel about what they do. And you've, you've made a judgment that they're lesser because you've, you, you say they're involved in something. And, and so they justify to themselves and they convince themselves that this person is lesser behind that door. And it's okay to kick that door in and do whatever they have to do to stop this. You know, I mean this was not Pablo Escobar, folks. This was not Osama bin Laden. This was this was a minor BS drug thing. And you you kick a door down and start shooting and and we've got to change that. I I can't I we and we've got to stop the cops have to start being the ones to own that. They have to start saying it out loud that they need that change. They need the laws to change to help support them to change those rules of engagement.
2: They got to have a change of heart first because this is generation upon generation upon generation that's thinking that people of color are are not human. So, I mean, it's got to have a change of heart and then maybe we could change the law.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know about that because I think I think like, Sometimes you just got to force people. It's got to be part of their rules because people aren't going to change. People are, oh, these adults aren't going to change that easily. But, but what I want to say about this is I'm not surprised. That's the sad, th- the saddest part about this to me is I'm not surprised. I would have been surprised if there was a different ruling and how sad yeah. is that? Yep. Yeah. Like everybody had been jumping up for joy maybe because if it was a different rule or at least feeling justified, but we, But I knew this probably would happen. And that's sad. That's a sad tale to tell. And what's even sadder is this Daniel Cameron character. Uh 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 Like, Like, you know, we talked about him. I mentioned him, I know, in the, when we talked about the RNC a few weeks ago and he has done nothing but confirm what I was thinking. And he has gone overboard. And yeah. you know, I, I don't want to get into name calling because I think it can be <laughs> petty. Yeah. But he is a sellout.
1: Mm-hmm. He
0: is a sellout. And it it's not because he's married to a white woman. I was married to a white woman. I'm divorced now. It's not because he was he 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 he's a republican. No. I was never officially a Republican, but I can't say that. It's not because of that. It's because that he, as a black man, he allowed his cronies, and that's Mitch McConnell, and his other Republicans' crony, control him like a house thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> He, he came real close, bro. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, as smart yeah. as he comes across, like, it's sad for somebody that has that much potential to allow these crusty old white men to control his ass. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me?
1: And not even realizing the amplification that he, his, how he comes across, how that amplifies the message that this is okay. There's a lot of white folks who uh, I love in the fact that he's the one who came out and made this decision and, and announced this decision because now it's, see, even a black person says this was not, this wasn't a wrong thing. And so now they've, they've got in their back pocket, this little piece of, I'm not racist. I think like this guy does. And, and he's just, he, it was a, it was a megaphone for all of the hate and all of the, the negativity that that the, the closet folks, um, continue to push.
2: Oh my gosh. I mean, it's just like Candace Owens all over again. Cause people are absolutely saying, um, that, oh yeah, this must be right because he's doing it because he's a black dude. I mean, I am not a name caller, you know, that I'm against it, but I have to echo my brother and say that he's such a sellout. Um, he just is. I mean, Daniel Cameron. If it was your mama, would it would would this have been okay? If it was your daughter, would this been okay? I mean, what are you thinking? I just I can't.
0: Yeah, thank you, thank you. Um, and then um, I'm gonna go back and to a couple things. Uh, well, before I say the last thing about the daily, I'm I'm gonna go back and Charles Barkley and Shaquille O'Neal had some comments. Um, yesterday and so I I just want to be clear they're different like I've been I've been watching them and listening to him them for years and I expect Charles Barkley to say some things that I don't agree with that's normal but I'm really in disagreement with this like he basically justified the shooting Mm -hmm. he justified the shooting and that's not okay
1: you can't give him a
0: pass on that we yeah. can't give Barkley and Shaq a pass on that one. You know what? There could have there should have been a different outcome. Um, don't make it easier for people that are doing wrong to do wrong again, Charles
1: Chuck. Yeah, he's about to become he's about to be in the Herschel Walker campaign. He better be careful.
0: Yeah, that's painful.
1: Mm-hmm. Man, I just love
0: him so much back uh, that's when what I'm when he was saying in college about, like... and he was a rookie and now look at him.
1: And and you know and Shaq, I mean Shaq's got a, a strong background in military. He's connected to law enforcement, so I get where he's trying to think, and that goes back to that in that moment, in that split second moment. But they've got to help everybody step back and take a bigger look.
2: I can't even imagine what he's trying to think. I mean, I'm glad that you can because I just feel like he just wants to be in the in the moment, and he's being in the moment in the wrong place and the, and in the
0: wrong side of it. Yeah, he needs to go hang out with um um King James a little bit and some other guys. <laughs> These guys. Um, you know, I want I wanna I wanna kinda wrap up and I mentioned it the last time. I'm gonna mention it again. Um I'm gonna put a promo out for another podcast. It's the daily, it's the New York Times um podcast. And um they did a two part series on Breonna Taylor and everyone should listen to it. I mean it it basically is a rundown on what happened through interviews. And after you listen to that, you know there's just no doubt. I mean, there's no doubt, and you get a lot of the emotion behind everything. But it's it's just a good listen to. It's good listening. Any guys, and we're gonna wrap up. Anything? Any parting words? Any kind of things you guys want to talk about as we end this?
1: I just need everybody to take a breath, slow down. This is not a binary choice sit down and have a cup of coffee with a little sugar and calm se- calm yourselves down a little bit <laughs> yes. I don't that's know if there's much to say after that
2: <laughs> <laughs> and, and oh if yeah, the coffee yeah, doesn't
0: yeah. work I think you should have a little bourbon well that's later on <laughs> <laughs> thanks for joining us in this um, latest edition of Black Coffee with a Little Sugar um, we will be back soon and um, thank you guys
1: thanks everyone take care